Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple Podcast, episode 51. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple Podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello, and a really warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How have you been? I hope that your week has started well, if it's Monday. Obviously, I know people listen on various different days, but obviously this does come out on a Monday. So if you are listening on a Monday, I hope that you're having a great start to your week. So this week, I'm going to dive straight in and talk about the interview we've got for this week's episode because it's so good. And I know I say that every week, but honestly, 
I wouldn't bring them to you if they weren't good. And this one is one of my favorites because this is with someone that I've been trying to get on the podcast for a little while. She's been really busy. So I am so glad I can finally tell you that I have Jasmine Starr on today's podcast. And Jasmine is such an amazing person to listen to, to take advice from, to hear her story. And I joke during the podcast that Jasmine is an amazing storyteller and she sort of laughs and says, okay, no pressure then. But she is. And I've watched loads of her things. She does a lot on Instagram TV. She does a lot video-wise and Insta stories and going live. And she is a great storyteller. So I knew this episode would be good, but also some of the advice that I have had from Jasmine over the years, I've bought um, her course, I've watched her live a few times at different events, and the advice I've had from her has been absolutely invaluable in terms of how I now manage my Instagram account and also how I've grown my Instagram account. So you'll hear all that in this episode, but it's a really, really good one. And then talking about Jasmine going forward, she's now doing lots of business strategy stuff. But anyway, I'm jumping ahead. Let me tell you a little bit about Jasmine. Jasmine Starr is a photographer and business strategist from Newport Beach, California. I mean, there are worse places in the world to be, aren't there? She dropped out of law school to pursue her dreams of becoming a photographer. And in less than three years, she built an internationally recognized and award-winning business later founding Social Curator, which I'm a member of, and I talk about that in the interview, and Social Media Marketing Membership for Business Owners. She harnesses her hustle power and Jasmine empowers entrepreneurs to build brands, market them on social media, and to create a life they love. Jasmine has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and INC Magazine, but most days you'll find her in her sweatpants scrolling through Instagram, and her favorite days are spent with her dog in her high school sweater eating tacos. Jasmine is charming and charismatic and entertaining, so I know you are going to love today's episode, as well, of course, as getting lots of great information about using Instagram for your business. If you love this episode, then Jasmine and I would love to hear about it. Obviously, we are both full-time on Instagram, so please come and find us over there and tag us in a story and let us know what you thought but I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Here is Jasmine. So I'm so excited this week to welcome to the podcast, Jasmine Starr. Well, thank you for having me. I couldn't be more excited. It's been a while. This has been a while in the making, but here we are. Yeah, we have. We've been talking about it for a little while. Um, So it's finally lovely to get you on. And I'm so excited to... um, kind of introduced to my audience because I'm fairly sure a lot of my audience will know who you are. But I have been following you for ages. I was lucky enough to meet you last year in San Diego. And in fact, you hooked me up with a great photographer, uh, Tim King. He's done uh, photos for me a few times. So we'd had a conversation about that, but it's so nice to get you on and hear about how things are going because I know that you've been doing some really exciting things, haven't you? I've, I have been excited. And when I'm excited, I do exciting things. So yes, it's been a good year so far. Awesome. So just as a kickoff, if you don't mind, in case my audience don't know who you are, it would be great to give them a bit of background of who you are, where you've come from. And also I want you to do this because I've already said in the intro that you are an amazing storyteller. So 
I know whenever you tell any story, it's just, I can't help but just sit and want to listen. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. Oh yeah. There's no pressure in this story at all. I was feeling none. And all of a sudden I feel this abundance. Like I better stand on the stage and deliver an Academy Award worth (laughs) story right about now. Um, You know, I think that the more we converse throughout this conversation, the story will naturally unfold, but I think it's going to expedite where people or why people see my passion for creating a business and creating freedom, but also using social media as a vehicle for growth in a business. And so um, in 2005, I earned a full ride uh, law school scholarship and it was the thing I was supposed to do with my life. I thought that as a first generation immigrant daughter, first generation college student, first generation postgraduate student, that this was the thing that would define me and really help expedite my family into a different stratosphere of being American culture and uh, being American. And um, when I was there, I just realized how unhappy I really was. It just wasn't the best fit for me. But I thought, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I've worked for. And my first year of law school, my mom unfortunately had a relapse of brain cancer. And it just really rocked everybody's world because it had been an eight-year battle at this time. And the doctors had said that her time had come and we had to start making funeral arrangements. And Uh I think that that reprioritized everything in my life. Mm -hmm. Like it forced you to, you know, have hard conversations and um, really say, what do I want in life? And so I planned a wedding in three months to my longstanding boyfriend. We'd met in high school and I'm very like independent. I was like, I have to finish law school. This is going to be the thing. I'm very driven. And he was just waiting. He's like, great. I want to marry you and we're going to get married. I said, yes, just give me some time. I had an Excel spreadsheet color coded. I was so <laughs> annoying. It's like, who oh, I was I back then? <laughs> uh, and so, um, and then all of a sudden I got that Excel spreadsheet and I literally was like, bye. Like this doesn't matter anymore. Every, all, all your plans don't matter if you're not surrounded by the people who love you and who you love. And so we planned a wedding in three months and and against, against all odds, my mom and my dad walked me down the aisle and it was the best day of my life. And I came back from uh, the honeymoon and we, I had to make the declaration to go back to law school and I did not want to. So my brand new husband asks me the most beautiful question. He said, if you could do one thing for the rest of your life and be happy, what would it be? And I said, well, I think I want to be a photographer. To which he replied, um, well, you need a camera first, right? And I was like, yeah, I, I, details, probably, details. Yeah, I probably need a camera. That would help. Um, and so then on January 1st, 2006, I opened my very first camera as a gift from him. Wow. And by 2009, uh, my business was voted one of the top photographers in the world. And the business just unfolded and grew naturally. Um, organically. And then also when social media came around in that 2010, 2011 timeframe, yeah. I really learned how to harness that power, create storytelling conversations that grew the business and then empowered me to uh, teach and coach and walk other entrepreneurs, how they could do the same for their business. That was a little bit of a long story, but no, no, we're now all. up to date. And that's perfect. And actually I love your story because the fact that you had your life planned out. And if I can make assumptions about you based on what I've seen, you know, you are very driven. So I should imagine at that time you were totally like, this is what's going to happen. And then I guess it takes something as big and dramatic as, as obviously your mum being unwell for you to go, actually, is that what I really want? You know, and that's a, that's a hard thing to think about, isn't it? It's a very difficult thing to think about, but I think it's uh, it's a choice. I think we are all given a choice of the way we're going to look at a situation. And back then, I looked at it as a very difficult situation, but I had I was equally as empowered to look at that situation and think, my God, I've been given a gift. 
And it's only years later, over a decade later, that I can look back and think that that moment was like the impetus. That moment was the catalyst that forced me to say, who am I and what do Mm -hmm. I really want? And so it is a gift and far greater than anything else. My mom at the time was my North Star. And I'm so happy to say that still to this day, she is my North Star. Against all odds, she beat cancer. And the doctors were amazed and she's a walking miracle. And yes, I needed a jolt in the universe to wake me up and say, what are you going to do with your one wild and beautiful, precious life? And I decided it's not going to be a lawyer. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And and I heard you, um, I can't remember what I was watching with you on, but you you talked about the fact of you thought to yourself, you know, you've got what maybe... 20 years left at that point if you you know if the same thing was going to go down the same road and then you said something like you know we're we're even you know we shouldn't ever assume it's even 20 years we might not even have 20 minutes left. oh absolutely so at the time my mom was 50 years old when the doctors had said she has a couple months to live and at yeah. the time i was 25 and i thought to myself if i have 25 years left in my life i don't want to die a lawyer and yeah. then this dark realization struck me as like I'm not guaranteed 25 years. I'm not even guaranteed 25 minutes. And we, none of us are. So yeah. if we were to live under that is like, as if today was like my last day, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? What kind of decisions do I want to make? What kind of wild and crazy, beautiful, scary, amazing, brilliant life do I want to live that's not under the shadow of expectations? That was a game changer for me. And you know what? From an outsider looking in, and don't get me wrong, you know, we can talk about this, how we we project certain things on Instagram and we don't necessarily put the the awful times, but it does look like you are having the most phenomenal time, that you are doing the most amazing things. First off, you live in one of the most amazing parts of the world. Obviously, you live in California and it's stunning and it's warm and it's sunny and, you know, but it does genuinely look as if, you know, I bet you must look back now and think if I carried on, where would I be compared to what I'm doing, what I wake up to every single day now? Oh my God, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think that I could be living in an alternate universe where I would be in the top floor of a downtown Los Angeles high-rise building being a successful Mm -hmm. lawyer because I do believe that success is a foregone conclusion, not just for myself, but for anybody who puts their mind and effort and soul into whatever they do. And I would be that person and I would be at a place um, financially where I could afford paying other people to live my life instead of me making the active decision to live my life. And even if it's that simple as picking up my dry cleaning or spending a two hour lunch in the middle of the day with a friend, it's like I would be in exchange for time and money and somehow uh, taking the risk to build the business that I want to live, I don't have to have those negotiations anymore because I could still make money and be a wise steward of my time. Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's awesome. So let's get back to Instagram about, was it, do you think that your business changed when you really took on Instagram or do you think it was inevitable that it was going to get there? It was just a tool that you happened to be using. Well, I believe that the caveat was there isn't a single platform that's going to make or break a single business or a single entrepreneur. I think that uh, my journey on Instagram started around 2011, 2012, and I I floundered. I didn't, even as a photographer and even as a storyteller, I didn't know how to harness the power. I was just using Instagram as like a box to check, like, oh, I posted today, like... 
this is what I'm doing. And I floundered for far too long. I mean, I have like examples. I often share examples of like my Instagram in 2011. And then I juxtapose that with my Instagram in 2014. And it looks like there had been no progress. I mean, it still looks like a hot mess. Like you look like you're a junior high. It looks like you are 12 years old trying to be cool on Instagram. (laughs) Nobody's engaging with you. And by and by 2014, I was an internationally recognized photographer with a worldwide brand. And nobody looking at that Instagram account would ever think that. They would think I like wine, I like my dog. I mean, I like the beach. It looked ridiculous. And then in 2016, I looked around and I got so tired with my lack of chutzpah, dedication, strategy, because I saw other people, photographers and non-photographers using this amazing platform to build their business. And I had all the tools to make it happen. And yet I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so then 2016, I put a stake in the ground and I said, I am going to learn how to use this for my business. And so today I often talk about my plans and my strategies And I could say that in retrospect, that yes, in 2016 was when I started my plan and strategy. But in 2016, when I started doing it, it did not feel like a plan and strategy. It felt like a hot mess. I was just making mistakes every day. I was trying to figure out what worked. I was looking at other people. I literally, oh my God, here I go again with my Excel spreadsheet. I kept an Excel (laughs) spreadsheet. I love me some Excel, you know? And me, and me. Okay. I mean, who does not love organization? I know. It just kills me. It makes me excited. Somebody sends me a color-coded spreadsheet and I'm like... Uh. We're getting married next week. This yeah. is what's happening. <laughs> um, so um, I made an Excel spreadsheet. I listed the followers on Instagram who I enjoy as yep. just like a personal friend. And then I listed um, Instagrammers who I felt like were doing a really great job at harnessing the power specifically for their business. And I wondered to myself, could I blend the two things? And again and again, I tested, I tried. And though, like when I started doing that, I had this, such a profound change in my business and it was around that time, 2016, where I really stepped out onto the scene as an authority in the field. And ironically, I didn't feel like an authority. Ironically, I just felt like, hey, I'm just trying to figure this out. And then I got picked up by major news outlets and interviews, and it has grown since there. And I'm still a firm believer that I'm actively refining my plan and strategy as the algorithm changes. Mm. But it's been a really great thing to learn from my mistakes and then share what I know with others and then see them be met with equally as amazing results. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. You, with the, the way these platforms are, they move and change so much that I don't think anybody honestly can sit there and say, oh, I've got it. It's all sussed. It's all done now. Oh, you know, no. Because obviously tomorrow <laughs> they're going to do an update and everything's going to change again. And obviously I guess where you've succeeded is that you invested your time and your thought and you were you considered exactly what you were doing. You were deliberate. That's the word I was trying to think of. Deliberate in doing it. You know, you weren't just, like you said, checking up a picture thinking, oh, you know, that'll do. You were really thinking about, okay, how can I use this? So I saw you speak in Social Media Marketing World last year and you gave me the best advice. So prior to coming out, I was on, you have a phrase, are you using Instagram or are you on Instagram? Is that right? That is. Look okay. at you. I like that. I make all the notes. I listen. I, I'm very good at doing what I'm told, I tell you. So so you had said this and I sat there thinking, oh my God, that is me. I am literally just like posting an odd picture. And I used to use the excuse. I honestly, you would have slapped me. I used to go into like businesses and go, well, unless you've got a beautiful product, it's not really for you. And then I came to your session and I sat down and I was like, what have I been saying? What an idiot. (laughs) And you gave the best advice where you talked about having categories and 
the kind of, because there's a grid of nine, and I think you said between like nine and 12 or nine and 10, think about those categories. And therefore, and one of yours, which is also uh, one that I have is books, because I read a lot and I know you read a lot, don't you? Yes. Um, So for me, it's like, okay, and this is such a hilarious thing to admit, but I listen to a lot of books, but I physically buy them to take a photo for Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. You are next level. I know. I'm not messing around here. This is serious stuff, right? So yeah, so, so coming up with those categories was such an amazing way to then A, realize that actually... I didn't have to, I could be really strategic about it. Whereas I think previously I was like, is there something beautiful I can take a picture of? No. Oh, well, I can't post anything on Instagram. Whereas now I'm super kind of like, okay, what books have we got? Let's take three or four photos. And then, you know, I actually take flat lay photos. I've watched your videos where you've shown how you take flat lay photos. And, you know, and now I do them as well, but I'm much more deliberate about that. So thank you. Cause that was amazing. Oh, of course. Now, <laughs> For the sake of people who weren't at that presentation yep. at the marketing world, would you mind if I gave a brief overview so Please that now so. hearing hearing your success and hearing how positive it worked for you, again, this goes back to the plan and strategy that I spent years trying to refine and now I share it from a stage in 35 minutes and you're killing the game. Okay, yep. so um, for people who are wondering, this is a quick 20-second quiz to know if you are using Instagram or on Instagram. Now, you are just on Instagram when you post only when you remember. You're only on Instagram when you're on Instagram with regularity, only when you're selling a product. You're only on Instagram when you go on vacation and you're posting three to four photos every single day for five days straight because your life looks so cool. And then you return to gloomy England and then you don't post for two weeks. Like Mm -hmm. what happens is that people... And this is totally okay and understandable. Most people approach Instagram this way because it's a personal profile. If, however, you've decided to use your profile for business, the objective isn't to show the cool and the amazing. The objective is to say, how can I position my business to serve you best? That is how you know you're on Instagram. When you show up every single day, when you have a plan and strategy, when you've categorized what is your business about and how can you show that visually on the most highly visual platform to ever exist. You're not above the one-on-one connection until you're responding to every single comment, you're responding to every single DM. And when you're not getting those conversations on your account, you're actually going to hashtags and you are starting the conversation on other people's accounts that you want on your own. The only way you will start getting engagement on your account is if you leave the charge on other accounts. It seems counterintuitive, but I promise you, this is the game changer. Yeah. It's such good advice because you know what often comes up and I, and I use you and Jenna Kutcher as examples that people will go, and I bet you hear this all the time. And James Wedmore talks about this all the time. It's all right for you. You know, look at your profile, look at how many followers you've got. And then I actually say to them, and I've done the maths and it's gone out of my head at this point, but I actually say to them, well, when I saw you talk, you told me that you post once a day. That's kind of, you worked out what worked for you and your audience and once a day works, works great. So you've got how many posts on your Instagram currently? Like four, how many thousand? It's quite, Uh, quite a few thousand, isn't it? That you've got on there now. I've got 4,000 in my head, but I can't think whether I'm, I've, whether that's right. But um, yeah, so you've got like loads of posts on your Instagram and therefore I have, at the time of this recording, I just looked it up because you know me, numbers, analytics, right? We've got to get that right. 2,646 at the time of this recording. Okay. So 2,246. 
posts, right? So let's just say uh, you do one a day. So divide that by 365 days a year. So that's six years, right? So granted, some days you might have done more. So it might end up more than one a day, but it's just proving to people that you, you're not going to get this tomorrow. Like, you know, I have people come to me saying, we want to do Instagram. They get a month or two in and they're like, it's not working. And it's like, honestly, it doesn't work like that. It takes time. You know, so when people look at probably number of followers you've got and they think, oh my God, you know, how do, as if people appear from nowhere. Well, they don't appear from nowhere. You have said yourself, you know, you are posting solidly from sort of 2010, 11, constantly and then eventually it starts to pick up and people start to see it you know or you get more strategic about it and therefore people start to see it so it's not just a case of you suddenly decided to post and the next day you had 10,000 followers is it no god no i mean when i made the decision to actually show up with a plan and strategy that was in 2016 we are now recording in 2019 and it was years. I mean, now, I mean, we could just say, oh, it's been three years. No, it it took me years to like yeah. make mistakes to understand like what it was about and then years to build that momentum. And I oftentimes think that there's this misnomer that social media is like a, a magic pill yeah. or something that's like quick and expedited. And I always tell people, if you are looking for quick results, social media isn't the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, You're right. That's just it. Like, so I think that when you can change your expectation around it, and if you are not here for the long game, if you're not here to run a marathon on Instagram, then you know what? Find a place that you are willing to run a marathon and then go really deep there because you couldn't do your business a greater disservice than trying to have 15 micro sprints and never finish a race. Yeah. In my mind, Find what works for your business, where your audience is, and then go so deep. Because when you when you understand at least one platform, it it becomes almost. Um, I've often heard this with um, multilingual speakers: is like you learn, you teach yourself a, a different language. Like yeah. if I taught myself French, there'd be a higher likelihood to me uh, learning Italian in a less amount of time, and then Portuguese in a less amount of time. So yeah. the more you master a platform, you could apply those same principles to other platforms. But my friends, if you are not here for year after year growth in conversations, this is not the platform for you. Absolutely. And so I set myself a test. When I saw you, I thought, right, I'm going to be really considered. I'm going to put a strategy behind this and I am going to make myself post every single day. And I came up with my categories and I followed everything you said. And when I started that back in March last year, I had about, because I'd not long opened this account because it was a different one. I had the one I was using for the business and my own personal one. And then this was a Teresa Heath wearing one. So a kind of more brandy one, if you like. And um, and I'd got about 300 followers because it was new. And I've been really strategic every single day posting. I've been doing some interaction, maybe not as much as I'd like, but I definitely respond to everybody. And now I'm up to 1,700 followers. And it Can just- you get out of here right now? Just <laughs> get out. Oh, I was on bated breath. I was like, what is she going to say? <laughs> I cannot believe you picked up 1,400 followers in, yeah. le- in what, what is it, 10 months? Yeah. Nine months? Yeah. yeah Good God. Yeah. yeah. That is and- incredible. And it's, and you know what? It's about being that every single day showing up, every single day putting up a post, saying some things. And don't get me wrong, you know, I drop a day sometimes and I don't post or whatever, but of course, of it's, course. A, it's about being, you know, absolutely consistent and going out there and interacting with people. And you know what? I love Instagram. It's my 
favorite platform. I love watching Insta stories. And I was, I wanted to ask actually, because you've been doing a lot of Instagram TV. I, I, you always come up in my um, discovery tab. So how are you finding Instagram TV? Are you, is this definitely something that you think is going to get bigger and better? Is it working for you? What, what's your thoughts on it? Well, I want to, I, before I share my thoughts on the matter, mm-hmm. I always want to clarify that the, the decisions that I make are never about my thoughts on the matter. The decisions <laughs> I make are going to be, how do people want to engage with my brand? And yeah. then I serve them. So my thoughts on the matter is this, I, I have been making videos on YouTube and Facebook and I never had an opportunity on Instagram to share the videos unless they were under a minute because then it would go on yeah. my actual feed. And when Instagram TV came out, I saw this as a massive opportunity to serve an underrepresented audience. And number two is that many people on this current platform were not creating long form videos. And Teresa, there is a reason why uh, my Instagram TV videos are coming up in your feed. It's because not a lot of people are doing them. No, totally. So right now, the land is cheap. This is like me buying land in Malibu in 1934. (laughs) Nobody wanted to live in Malibu in 1934. Like the land was cheap and you're you're in the water. And now you can't even buy, you can't even buy an acre on Malibu for less than six or $7 million (laughs) with no house on it. So I feel like whenever I see this opportunity and, you know, I do get more visibility on videos on Facebook now, but I've been seeing these numbers tick up and. So again, if we go back to analytics, I always think conversion determines analytics is the way that I'm going to determine the best use of my time. Now, on average, if the, if I post a video on Facebook, I will get uh, on average around six or 7,000 views. And that number hasn't changed since I started uploading videos to Instagram. So it's not as if the viewers had been divided between the platforms. So on Instagram, I'm averaging around 5,000 views on a video, not as much as Facebook um, and not as much as Facebook and YouTube combined, but the numbers on the other platforms haven't dropped, which leads me to believe Mm -hmm. that people are watching the videos on a platform that they are already in. And algorithmically, I want to make sure that my bases are covered because if I post a video on Thursday evening on my Facebook page and you are in England, there's a good chance you're probably not going to see that. But if perhaps, you know, I post the same video formatted for Instagram TV on early Monday morning, oh, Mm. there's a possibility that you could. So this is me just playing the odds and trying to see where can I show up and have my business represented in underrepresented markets for my viewers. And then it's been an upswing since there. And I think you're so right. It is such an underused um, facility at the moment. And actually that's always kind of the time to, um, try and get in on those if you have the ability to. And actually for you, like you said, you had the videos anyway. So presumably I could be being very naive here, but presumably it's just an editing thing. Uh, yes, it's not, it's not naive at all. So oftentimes, um, okay, so let's go back. I'm a big believer and Oftentimes people say, oh, Jasmine's such a lover of Instagram. Well, yes, I love Instagram, but I love wherever my audience is and I want to start from there. So there was a time where Snapchat was like the biggest up and coming growing platform. And I was on there quite often trying to understand the demographic and how my business would fit in. And I started doing a lot of research on what was working on Snapchat. And then when Instagram stories came around, it was as it, I mean, it was basically just a copycat of Snapchat, which has been like pretty successful for Instagram, not so successful for Snapchat. But the research proved again and again that people did not want to turn their phone. 
like it was something, it was some crazy number, like over 80 something percent of people said that when they came across a Snapchat story, which is, if you're not familiar with Snapchat, it's identical to Instagram stories that they wanted to view it in vertical format and not turn their phone. And that if the story required them to turn their phone, they would pass the entire story. And I saw this and it was like thousands and thousands of people went through this, uh, this, this study. And so when Instagram story came around and people were still unfamiliar, like they would try to like shoot the video horizontally instead of vertically. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is not very good. Then IGTV came out and a lot of people were like, I have horizontal videos that I'm just gonna have people turn the phone. And I immediately was like, let mm-hmm. me ask my audience. And so I yeah. made a video. So, so meta, meta, right? A video asking about videos. And I posted it and I said, what do you prefer? I mean, the overwhelming response on my little like bootleg uh, question and ask was vertical. Yeah. So because I know it's vertical, I've now taken my horizontal videos and formatted them so that they look vertical by having d- sometimes different B-roll or just backgrounds yeah. or expanding the whole screen. And so I just listen to what the market says and then I follow. Yeah, absolutely. Because And that's so key as well, isn't it? Because it's no good just doing something that you think, well, actually, with no editing, I could just get it on there if no one's going to watch it. You've got to absolutely. You've got absolutely. to at least do what you need to do to get them to actually watch it. And how fascinating! And I am like you; I am a numbers girl. It's, I think, in marketing sometimes it's a bit weird because people don't expect you to be so numbers led. But I love it, and it's so interesting that your views didn't drop anywhere else because you would expect there to be some people or an overlap, wouldn't you? Absolutely. But then if we take, I mean, how I'm probably the most boring podcast guest you ever had. Cause I was like, let's no. talk about math. This is amazing. <laughs> Who doesn't want to talk about math? Okay. But actually let's just get into the statistics and let's use my account. Well, actually, yeah, let's just use my account yeah. because I clearly to it. So February, 2017, uh, yeah. sometime around that time, there was a big algorithm shift on Facebook. And then shortly after the American elections in Uh, That was shortly after the American elections. And then um, about eight, nine months later, another big algorithm change. And they had, Facebook had realized that Facebook pages were getting an unprecedented amount of like free. So Mm -hmm. Facebook described its platform as an eight lane freeway. And Facebook pages were able to say, take up four of those lanes on an eight lane freeway. And then the other four lanes would be dominant by friends and family you follow. But then they started realizing the Facebook pages were just getting too much attention. So they narrowed it down to two lanes on eight lanes and then had another big algorithm change that narrowed it down to one lane, Mm -hmm. highlighting friends and family posts above all else. Now, what this resulted in specifically for fan pages over 200,000, which is where my fan page land currently Mm -hmm. at the time of this recording, I think I'm at 250,000 on my fan page. They said that what you will get in just organic reach would be 2.5% of your audience. Mm, crazy. So, which is crazy because there wasn't that. Now, uh, previously about 12 months earlier, you were guaranteed somewhere around 8%. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, I mean, when Instagram first came out, it was much, much, much higher. But if we were to take the 250,000 and only, uh, let's see, 0.25%, 6,250 people would see that video, that yeah. post. Now, that is who they are estimating will be shown to it initially, depending on that 6,250 people's reactions. If they left comments, if they upvoted, if they shared it with friends, ah, then you get a little bit more juice because Facebook knows, oh, it's interesting now. Mm -hmm. So now at this point, even let's just say I put out the video and even if it has 4%, that's 
still 12,000 people out of 250,000 yeah. by me putting a the same video on a different platform. And at this point, Instagram is showing for large accounts, it's showing about 4% to your audience outside of the, you know, once it, once yeah. it, if it picks up virality, that's something else, but all things considered, it's about 4%. I definitely think that Instagram is growing so fast that it will absolutely drop down to yeah. the same 2% the way that Facebook is. That's just where it's trending. So please know that that's the case and we shouldn't complain. The more people are on a platform, mm-hmm. the, le- the the more that the attention is divided. So in my mind, all of that to say this long long-winded answer is that no. <laughs> I'm just being highly strategic with where I am placing the video and how I am placing the video. Yeah. And I think you absolutely have to be, because like you said, lots of people got really upset when Facebook made those changes. And for me, I understood why they made them. And yeah, okay. It's frustrating if you were getting one thing and now you're getting something else, but I, I could understand where they were coming from. And like you said, you just have to up your game, work it out, decide what's working, what's not working and keep moving forward. Because if we want to use these platforms and they are amazing platforms, then we have to be supple enough to move around with them, don't we? As they change, we need to change. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it is literally democratic. It's like the good posts are seen more for free. If your posts are not being seen by a lot of people and it's the traditional 2% doll face, it's not the algorithm. It's you. Yes. It's your content. Like change the yeah. content. That's that's yeah. the that's the message here. The your content is good because your followers will vote on it whether it's good. It doesn't matter if you have a hundred thousand or a thousand people or a hundred people. The percentage mm-hmm. of people who it's initially shown to and based on the reactions, you then get more Facebook juice or Instagram juice. So mm-hmm. put out good content and then the the rest of it solves itself. I love it. I love it. So you're, you have a, an, a, obviously a really good following on Instagram and you have a great community, which obviously I'm part of and I see of people who comment and like and really engage with your posts and love what you do. Do you think, what, what do you think the, the reason for that is? Is it your storytelling? Is it your types of posts? Is it your, you know, tenacious nature that you just, you know, you just kept going and going and going? What do you think if you had to put it down to one or two things, it, could you do that, do you think? Um, I think as humans, the greatest gift that a friend or a peer could give you would be uh, availability and consistency. Yeah. And I don't think that, I mean, to be honest, I'll be very honest. I don't think that what I do is that amazing or that special. There are better photographers, there are better storytellers, there are better communicators. But the thing that I depend on, which I think makes me relatable to a lot of the people is that you could be, dare I say, average or a little bit better than average, but you show up and you care about people, you automatically fall into the 1% of people on social media. Yeah. And so I just go where I'm good. And Mm -hmm. the, the, oftentimes people say, oh, like the, the, the victory is won on the field, but the battle goes to those who continue to show up. And they feel like the reason why I've been able to develop people is like they know when they leave a comment, I'll respond. Or if they send me a DM, I'll respond. Or I think that that alone, like when you're human on social, Mm -hmm. which I think is a message that I'm really proud of. I would hate to sit here and tell you, well, I am just so phenomenal at photography (laughs) or like my storytelling i'm coming out with an anthology it's like you hear (laughs) listeners hear this like well i'm not writing an anthology and i get to hear and just say listen i am a girl who was raised in the hood like i come from immigrant parents i didn't learn how to read until i was 11 i had an english professor my first year of college ask if i hailed from an immigrant family because my 
writing betrayed that. And I was humiliated. And I just thought to myself, oh my God, I don't belong in this school. I stick out like a sore thumb. I do come from a poor family. And I had a decision then. I had a decision to listen to what she said and crumble under the weight of her opinion. Or I said, what free resources are located here in my college? And every day for the entire semester, I had every single piece that I turned into her proofread. And I learned from what these tutors were teaching me. And at the end of the day, I already told my husband that when I write a book, not if, it's mm-hmm. when I write in a book, there's going to be a specific thank you section to Professor Petro who doubted me and questioned me and shook the foundation for all who I am because I had the decision to become weak or strong. And in that moment, I decided to become strong. And now on any given day, I have more people reading my content than most people have reading their books. And that to me is the changing thing of social media. The, 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 The scales have changed and we are of the people for the people. And that resonates far more than perfection. I love it. And You're so right. And if people weren't interested in what you were saying or how you're saying it, then they wouldn't engage, would they? They would just switch off. But the truth is you are so compelling when you do write things, when even if it's just, you know, your Instagram posts, you do write fairly lengthy Instagram posts. It's not like just two words or anything, but even when you write a post, it's so, you can relate to it, you can understand it, and I can visualize it. And that is such a skill. So, you know, that is just all kudos down to you because it's storytelling is a really, really big skill. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. And I want to make sure that what people walk away from isn't like, oh, Jasmine's great at selling stories. I think essentially, if we can all add a little bit of color and make, you know, the way that you would tell a story to your best friend over brunch is the same approach that you should be taking as you write your captions. And furthermore, you, Teresa, are part of the 1% of people who like the lengthy post and will actually take time to read them. I write for the 1%. And mm-hmm. I, because I understand the people of the 1% want to know me. They're the yeah. people who will wait in line at social media marketing world, yeah. who will ask my opinion for a photographer, who will invite me to their podcast. You, yeah. my friend, are who I write for and look at what happened as a result. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much. And, and you know, I do exactly the same. I write really lengthy posts. I say to people, I'm actually my most honest, not that I'm not honest, but actually if you wanted to know my deep, dark secrets and my feelings, go and read my Instagram because that's where I tend to write it. And I don't know why I write it there or how I feel I can write it there, but I do. And I, and I do like doing those long posts and I love nothing more than when it's evident that someone's read it and they, they comment back and they talk about it or, you know, cause inevitably I'm asking a exactly. question or, you know, it's so good, isn't it? So, so nice. So I know that your time is uh, very valuable and I don't want to take up too much of it. So one final question for me now, I've been obviously watching your content and I've seen it shifting and changing a bit, you know, uh, working more, looking at business in general and business strategy and that sort of thing. So just, you know, what's to come? What are you working on? What are your aims and goals going forward? Oh, I love this question. So I think Teresa, we kind of first initially encountered each other when I was at this like pivot point in my mm-hmm. uh, life and my business where photography was the largest like economic generator yeah. in my business, the largest arm of my business. And then uh, 2016, 2017, I made a big risk and said, I'm going to double down on creating resources for entrepreneurs. And since then, the way that I talk on social has been just so much more authentic because I'm yeah. I'm teaching and talking to people who have this wild and crazy dream that everybody doubts. And I'm like, hey, yeah, you can actually make this a profitable career. And so since then, uh, actually, since we have spoken in person, I have launched a very successful community called Social Curator. And we create resources for business owners to show up on social media every day. 
So uh, Social Curator is a resource. It's a membership site where every month you get 30 caption templates to teach you how to write about yourself and your business and build your personal brand. And you also have 30 curated lifestyle photos to make sure that you're joining this social conversation. Yeah. And then every month we provide a social media marketing plan. So, it, and, and I think oftentimes like what we see online are these massive Instagram courses. I have created one too. So mm-hmm. no judgment. I'm just saying what happens is you take this course and you have hours and hours of content and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. I have all the things to do. And social curator is like taking your dreams and breaking them down into bite-sized action steps yeah. every month. So you can actually see growth. You can actually see uh, you being able to show up the difference that it feels and and, and makes for you to show up every day on social like you're proof of it but you my friend had got it and ran with it social curator is for the people who are like i'm running in ten thousand different directions and i don't really know how to show up or i'm not good at photography or i don't have the money to buy a book and then take a photo and have the time so what we are is like an ace in the pocket and so it's thirty dollars a month so i always say for one dollar a day that's not even a pound for one dollar a day, yeah. uh, it's cheap for us. It's cheap, it is. I'm like, move to London. Uh, I would, I would actually, between us, much prefer to say it's thirty pounds, but you know, American and all. I know it's you know, for less than a pound a day, will you show up and have those yeah. resources? And so, this has been like honestly the happiest marriage because I am I able it. to take photos, I'm able to write captions, I'm able to write marketing plans. I just feel like, oh dear God, everything in my life led me here. All the ups and downs and the trials yeah. and the journeys brought me here. And it's just so fun and so exciting. And do you know, I am part of Social Curator. It's a great, great membership. I will link up to it in the show notes. And what I use it for is filling gaps in terms of, okay, I, I want to plan these things, but I, you know, today I haven't got a picture or today I haven't taken something or got a picture of me. So actually, great. I have this resource that's there ready for me. It inspires me with ideas. So it's definitely the captions because sometimes it's hard to kind of, there's so much you can say, and believe me, I like to talk. And I know you joke about the fact that you like to talk too, but you know, <laughs> so it's not like I'm ever short of something set to say. It's just the fact of sometimes I need a bit of inspiration. Yes. And then the other thing that I've done, it, which is really helpful to me is because I like to be so authentic in terms of, I like them to be my images, being able to see your images and going, that's cool. I think I could recreate that. And you had a great image. Oh, once. I love this. You I know, love it. <laughs> but it's, it does because like you had this image once of this chair with some books on it. And I looked at my chair in my lounge and I thought, God, that's really similar. If I put my books there and and I managed to recreate it. And it was like, and I was so pleased because you'd given me that inspiration, but it was still my stuff, you know? So it was great. So for me, and whether I'm using social curator the way that you want it to be used or, you know, but for me, No, it, no, no. I have to start there. You're using it in my wildest dreams. You are the next, <laughs> you are the next iteration where our current great. members are. They need to understand it and you've got it immediately. And the greatest gift anybody could ever tell me is that social curator is their inspiration. Holy yeah. mother of God. If I cannot be happy, <laughs> I'd be happy. Amazing. I love you. I could just, I wish I could crawl through the internet and just freaking hug you. We'll save that one for social media okay. marketing world. We're saving okay. that one. It's going to be a big hug. There's a lot of yes, time between now and very then. Very awkward. I, I hug too long. I do. <laughs> I love a hug. I can't <laughs> help myself. I'm very touchy-feely. And sometimes it's like, if you have to shake someone's hand, it's like, oh, this this isn't quite right. So I'm always right. straight in for the hug. Always love a hug. Jasmine, this has been such a pleasure talking to you. I love talking to you. I loved watching you on stage, stage marketing world. 
you had this great thing where you said, I don't talk fast, you listen slow. And I love that because I talk fast too. So No, we um, don't. People are <laughs> slow. People are gonna have to listen to this podcast on slow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I have joked that there's no way anybody can listen to my podcast on a slightly higher speed because no. they wouldn't keep <laughs> up, I swear. But Jasmine, thank you so, so much. It's oh, been such an you. honor having you. And I can't wait to see you uh, in social media marketing world in March. Is it March? It is March, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And catch up with you again then. So thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. It is an honor. Thank you. I wish you all the best. That was such a fast paced, awesome interview. I loved interviewing Jasmine. She was so, so good. Most often after I've interviewed someone, I like to listen back to what we've just said. I know it sounds daft because I've literally just had that conversation with them. But when you're interviewing someone, my brain is doing different things. It's obviously taking in what they're saying, but more from a to have a conversation point of view so I can mention something back to it than necessarily just listening. Anyway, I've gone in and listened back and oh, there was so much good information in there. She talks so fast, as she says, you listen slow, but I love the fact that she talks fast. And she talks fast, gives you so much information. She drops these amazing analogies in there. I love the one about the algorithm and Facebook and the lanes. I'd never heard that one before. And I think that is such a great way of describing it. So I might have to borrow that one from her and obviously credit her when I use it, but that's a great analogy. So, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed that episode. Now, obviously, as always, I have linked up to everything in the show notes. You can find all the details about Jasmine. I do recommend you go and follow her because she is such a lovely lady and so, so good and full of knowledge. So definitely go and check her out. And like I said, if you enjoyed this week's episode, then we would love to hear from you. So please come and find us on social media. And also, if you wanted to, and I would be most grateful if you would, if you would go and put a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening, I would be so very grateful. I'm loving the podcast. I love seeing all the messages, all the reviews. It really spurs me on and I really, really do appreciate it. Anyway, I'm going to leave you for this week. Thank you so much for listening as always, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com.